Let's turn to Luke chapter 24, if you would, tonight. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Look at the word endued there with me at enduo uh, in the Greek, and it means put on, clothed with, or to sink into clothing. Put on or clothe oneself. Now, this is what Jesus wanted the disciples to become. Clothed, to sink into the clothes. This is another reason why we preach on clothes. Because clothes has something to do with an identification of who you are. We're Christians tonight by profession, but really being born again Christians, we have to have on these clothes. And these clothes are until you be endued with power from on high. Look at me, if you would, again, at the meaning of this word. Now, we're not at Greek scholars, and we're not interested in all that, but some meaning of the word will help you to understand this, I believe. The word itself is dunamis. We get our word dynamite from this Greek word, dunamis. So whenever we read this tonight, you just keep in mind, dynamite. Dunamis means mighty work, strength, ability, inherit power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. I want you to notice now the power residing, wherever it's residing, is not due to the nature that it's residing in, but it's due to the nature of the power living in the thing. And a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. Notice this again. Now let's read it with that in mind. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Last year we had um, a vacation Bible school at our church and Brother Wes Willis, which we're certainly blessed to have Brother Wes with us, working with us there at the church. He's a youth leader there. And he'd asked me to speak a service and then another service. And as I was praying and asking the Lord which direction to go for the second service, the Lord spoke these words to my heart. Tell them they need power. Tell them they need power. So as I, Brother Tim had asked me about coming down to be a part of these meetings And uh, I just couldn't get away from this thought over and over again. We need power. Let's bow our heads together, shall we? Lord Jesus, what a great honor it's been for us to be together these days. I believe these are monumental meetings. When we stand before you that day, and all the things that have happened, one thing linked to another to another, it will be ongoing, no doubt. The results of this meeting will absolutely never stop. It's like dropping a pebble into a bunch of water and the waves keep on going. Even when the visible part of the waves stop, the reverberation is still going on and on. Lord, would you help us tonight? Fathers, we've gathered here, Lord, and we're just believing you to speak to us and help us. And Lord, we plan on having a prayer line for the needs of the people and Dear God, we can feel the pressure. We can feel the expectation, the excitement, and all of that, Lord. I I pray that you would help us. Make me sensitive tonight, Lord, to know when I've said enough. Make me sensitive, Father. You see, Lord, the scriptures and things that I have here before me. Help me that I can be so sensitive to the Holy Ghost that if there's a need outside the confines of what I've Uh, put together. Help me to be sensitive, Father, that I can be able to go that direction. If it's no more than five words, ten words, 
Lord Jesus, would you take charge of this human vessel? Oh, Lord God, I've studied, I've prayed, I present myself. I don't know what more I can do. Please help me, Jesus. Take this part of yourself that you placed in me called a gift. Use it for your glory. But, Lord, it won't do much good if you don't hear through them. So I pray you'd speak through me, hear through them, and live through us all. May this be a wonderful, wonderful night together, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's read together, if you would, also in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive dunamis, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We're able to look into the New Testament and see how the power of God was distributed in different channels in the disciples' lives. They were called, of course, and they had to believe the Lord Jesus, and they had to accept Him as being King and Messiah, God's anointed one, as far as they could go without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we know that they believed on Him. They were baptized by Him, according to St. John 17. They had been sanctified also by His Word, which means set apart. So they had also received, in Matthew chapter 10, they had received power and authority to be able to cast out devils, heal the sick, do many signs and wonders and supernatural. And they were so overwhelmed when they come back from seeing what the Lord had done through their ministry. And yet they was not born again. They did not have the new birth, but something had been delivered to them, and it was a power, but it was not the dunamis. It was the excusia. Now, the excusia is another word which is used for power, but it's not an indwelling nature, but it is a power given by regulation or authority. So the Lord Jesus designated to these men authority over unclean spirits, but they were not born again. So they had been given by the word authority, ability to be able to preach. Even Jesus said when they come back rejoicing, he said, I beheld Satan as lightning cast down out of heaven. But he tells them, don't rejoice because the devils are subject to you and because the sick have been healed and you've had great results in your ministry, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So we see in these men that they was able to experience both kinds of New Testament power, and that was dunamis, which would come later, and then excusia, which came by the delegated authority of the Lord Jesus. So he basically sends him forth and said, Go in my name. You are my representatives. I give you my power on the authority of my word. Now, doing that, Judas was right along with them. And Judas was a devil. Is that right? Now, Judas did not have an inferior ministry. As a matter of fact, when the Lord Jesus sat at the table and said, One of you is going to betray me. The disciples questioned themselves before they questioned Judas. His life was so close to theirs that they begin to say, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? It wasn't that Judas was, you know, always this sort of a guy that you just knew there was something about him that wasn't right. Nope. His ministry was in power and authority, just like Peter, James, and John. His life was a life as far as living the Word. In that time, they looked at him, and it looked like he was as close to the Word as they were. As a matter of fact, it seemed that Jesus had an element of trust in Judas that superseded some of the others because he was a man in charge of the money, right? 
And when you look at the Lord's table and you understand whenever they would eat, they did not eat like we do in this side of the world. And we sat down at a table similar to what you're sitting now. But they would actually recline. So when you look at the Lord Jesus and the supper table, you can't go by Leonardo da Vinci and you can't go by many of the other artists the way they did it. But actually the Lord Jesus would have been sort of reclined and laid back. Judas was on one side and John was on the other. And they would have looked at Judas and in their minds they would have had this fear. This is where the supposition, the question comes from. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? Because in their mind Judas is going to be the right hand man of the Lord Jesus. So whenever the Lord Jesus offers him the sop and John reaches over and said, who is it, Lord? He said, it's the man that dips with me in the sop. So as far as looking at Judas, he was not inferior by ministry. He was not inferior by life. He was not inferior by recognition. He was inferior by representation. That's right. So you think how that the Lord Jesus had given to these men this excusia power. Let's read now in Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them excusia. You've already seen the meaning of the word. Authority, right, jurisdiction, the ability of strength of which one is endued, which he possesses or exercises. Now at this stage in the journey, they were not possessors of dunamis, but they were exercising a delegated of sort. Like we have elections and we vote someone in to be the mayor, the president, whoever more. And we, as the people, give them the authority by our democratic vote. And we say, we want you to sit in the White House. We want you to be a judge. We want you to be this or that or the other. And we, the people, give them that right and authority. We have a lot of regrets after we do that many times. But yet here these men are reacting and acting on the basis of what the Lord Jesus gave them. Now notice what this power does. It is power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And they had authority over um, all kinds of sickness and disease and evil, maybe blindness, lameness, whatever it was, but they did not have power to live an overcoming life. Now, as we looked at Peter last night, he denied the Lord Jesus as John did, as all the rest of the disciples turned in fear and run away. Peter turned out to be a cussing preacher. That's pretty bad, I think. You imagine that Peter, but yet he had authority to cast out devils, but he didn't have authority over his greatest enemy, which was himself. Now, notice when the Lord Jesus delegates to them, uh, according to Mark chapter 3, verse 14, he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. And to have, again, excusia, power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Now, don't you understand why that the Lord Jesus says that there will be many that will stand before me at that day at the white throne judgment. And they will say, I cast out devils in your name. I healed the sick in your name. I've done many miracles and wonders in your name. And Jesus will say unto them, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never even knew you. Now the Greek word there knew is an intimate, close relationship as a man being married to his wife. So there again, just because people pray for the sick and they get well, it doesn't mean that that is a definite 100% telltale sign that they are a son of God. Believe me, friends, I come from Pentecost. I saw many signs and wonders and miracles, and yet find out many of those men who were performing it had girlfriends all over the United States and lived a life that was absolutely horrible. And yet people look at that and think, oh my, that, that's for sure. No, that's not for sure. Because these men right here have the authority to do it. And you've got a man right among you that is declared by the Lord Jesus. Say, hey, have not I chose 12 of you and one of you is a devil? A devil working miracles and signs and wonders? Well, praise the Lord. 
Now, we believe in that, do we not? Sure we do. But don't you understand that if we were the only ones doing miracles, a lot of these sign seekers would be here tonight, not because of the word we preach, but because of the miracles they saw. So we're not the only one that has signs. You know that. We're not the only ones that has miracles. There's all kinds of folks that have signs and miracles and healings. And yet it does not mean that they are the bride of Christ. So we can see then by the difference of the use of these words that a person can have excusia power and not have dunamis. Now what's amazing is the devil uses this same word excusia when he talks to the Lord Jesus. Watch in Luke chapter 4 verse 5. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Brother Brennan reads that scripture in the seals and says what a being. Can you imagine the devil taking the Lord Jesus and showing him all the kingdoms? And the prophet said he showed him all of those kingdoms, even down to the United States in a moment of time. He went through the European Union. He went through all of the kingdoms that would be in the future and showed the Lord Jesus those kingdoms. And he said to him, the devil said unto him, all this excusia. Will I give thee? But the devil ain't got no dynamite. <laughs> Woo! Only Jesus has got dynamite. And I feel it here already tonight. Praise the Lord. How in the world could the devil offer Jesus power? It was authority. How did he get this power? The first son of God forfeited it. Now people say, boy, I want to get back to where Adam was. I don't. I want to go farther back than Adam was. Whatever Adam had, he fell from it. I want something I can never fall from. (laughs) And if you've got the Holy Ghost tonight in your soul, you were already farther back than Adam was. Come on now, don't get quiet on me. Do you understand what the seal of the living God has done for you? It has placed you back into eternity and you cannot fall away. You can never fall from the seal of the living God. Your soul is already farther back than Adam was when he stood upon this earth. What's the devil now? He knows his position. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. You got to give him credit. He does know where he stands. And he does know what's his. And he knows how to use it against you. And Jesus never refuted him, Brother Tim. Jesus never said, you're a liar. I rebuke you. You're a liar. He wasn't a liar about this part anyway. So a person can have this kind of power. Now the devil has this power. Still today. But no dynamite. Now, the devil can out-preach me. The devil can out-preach Brother Tim, Brother Andrew, all these brothers here. He can probably out-quote every one of us. He can say things about God that we cannot say because he's been there before he's thrown. Now, the devil will try to convince you there's three gods, but he knows better. He's been before the throne of God, and he knows he ain't three. He'll try to talk you into smoking, but the devil don't smoke. He'll try to talk you into doing all this stuff, but you'll never find the devil in it. He's got better sense. Praise the Lord. But Satan does know his place. And he tells the Lord Jesus, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. He can out-sing me, out-jump me, probably out-shout me. But there's one thing I can do that he can't do. I can live right. 
received him not but as many as received him to them gave he excusia right delegated authority to become don't you understand how to divide this between the power we needed excusia to be able to administer to us our right right to be born again. I've got a right to the kingdom of God to be born again. Because I was already a son. I didn't become a seed. I was already a seed. But as many as received him to them gave he power. Somebody might need to take this microphone on this next word. I might run plumb off. To become, look what this word means, come to pass. You understand what you are doing? You are coming to pass. What happens to prophecy? It comes to pass. What happens to sons and daughters of God? They come to pass. God thought about you. God wrote your name of the Lamb's book of life.
excusia. Let you live an indifferent life. Excusia. Let you be an instrument that God can use. But you can't overcome yourself. But dynamite. Praise God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in you. verses with dunamis in it. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the dunamis of God. Unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the dynamite of the Holy It's more than the cross. Oh my, you feel so sorry for this bunch of Laodiceans. All they know about the gospel is the cross. Let me ask you something. John, the only disciple that we know of that stood at the foot of the cross. And how many sermons do we have in the New Testament that John preached about the cross over and over and over and over again? None! Look when he wrote the epistle of John. Look what he wrote. First John, second John, third John. And find how many times that John wrote about it. Was it important? It was. But John knew there was more to the Lord Jesus than just dying on the cross. How we thank God he died on the cross. But how we thank God he rose again. circumstances or by permission of law or custom to be able to do something, to be capable, strong and powerful, to establish you according to my gospel. Praise be to God. And the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. 1 Corinthians 2, 4. And my speech and my preaching was not enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration and spirit and of dynamite. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the dynamite of God. Oh, do we believe the word? Yes. Do we believe the quotes? Yes. But it's going to take more than quoting the scripture to meet the challenge in this hour. It's going to take more than quoting Brother Branham to meet the challenge in this hour. We're going to have to have the dunamis of God. We'll never be able to meet the challenge, young people. It's too hard. It's too difficult. But with Jesus in you, you are more than able. We're not going to barely make it. We're not going to barely make it in the skin of our teeth. We're going to make it. We've already made it by the grace of God. What the devil tried to do, come right in our own ranks. And put intellectual preachers among us. Tell us we don't need all the calls no more. We don't need to leave our young people to an experience. Oh, Brother Donnie, you're only saying that because you come from Pentecost. I'm saying that because I come from God. 
That's the word. Why would not we want our young people to have their own genuine Holy Ghost feel fire baptized personal experience with Jesus Christ? Why would not want my children, my grandchildren, every member of our church for the West, why would not want them filled with the Holy Ghost and living a life that only the Holy Ghost can live? You and I cannot live this life without it. We can't live it by quotes. We can't live it by memorizing the word. It's got to be dynamite. But the prophet said we got too many beaver dam preachers. Now many of us out here in the east, we don't have to really worry about beavers that much. But out in west, Colorado, different places like that, it can be a major problem. The beavers go in and they go to build on a big church. I mean a big dam. A big move. And they go to damming up all the water. Where everybody down below them don't get no water. So they make the dam bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you don't get their website or their tapes or whatever, then you don't get no water. But our National Park Service have men who are specialized. And actually part of their uh, job description is that they go around blowing up these dams. I think God's got some specialized men. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. You imagine when them beavers look out of their dam and they look over there and see that wildlife truck and they say, head for the hills. Here comes the dam blowers. You imagine when the devil said, oh no, not another Louisiana youth camp. you find yourself all damned up. We're fixing to have a damn blowing prayer line. <laughs> I think God's got some, some specialists in here. Some specialists that know how to deal with these beavers. That say we don't need it anymore. If we ever needed it, we need it now. Guys walk out. They survey the situation. Imagine their fingers going to get itchy. Because the farmer down below them, the deer down below them, and whatever more down below them, ain't none of them getting no water. Because this preacher, I mean, this this beaver has dammed up all the water. He says, "This is the bride's revival, and this is the bride's this, and the bride's that. And if you get anything, you got to well, I'll tell you one thing: if you get it, you'll have to come to us." Don't you understand that spirit of organization that's come right around our message? That old boy stands out there and looks at this. Yeah. Let me see. Let me open up this case here. Acts 2 and 4. Acts 1. Get a little bit of Acts 2.38. Let's mix it here with a little Romans 1.6. And then Beavers is raising their head up in there. Is he gone yet? I think he's gone back to the truck. Well, maybe he'll get in the truck and leave. Not a professional damn blower. 
He just goes back to the truck to get more points. That's when it becomes more difficult. Your friends that's around you, the preachers that you've got to encourage, been in strength by, and oh, you've been so blessed and so helped, and they'll be going their way. Brother Andrew will be going one way. I'll be going another. Brother Tim going another. But you want something that when you're one-on-one with the devil, when I'm not around, when Brother Tim ain't around, when Brother Andrew ain't around, your mama ain't around, your daddy ain't around, that you can stand right there toe-to-toe and look the devil in the face and say, Satan, you are a liar. You have stolen my joy. You have stolen my peace. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm a son or daughter of God. Hallelujah. I've got them dams brought up around my life. I've got some Holy Ghost dynamite myself. God don't just want preachers to have dynamite. He wants you to have it. Now, men of God that are called to stand in such a place, God gives them. God gives them an understanding. Dealing with dynamite is a dangerous thing. So you don't just give to anybody and everybody. You gotta be instructed on how to use it. I appreciated what Brother Tim had to say yesterday, didn't you? Telling us how to use it and how to approach God. That's what we need. You need instructions on dynamite. And many of you may never, more than likely you won't, you will never stand into a place and preach a convention like this. But yet you need your own portion of dynamite in your own life. Because God knows every day is not a contention. As a matter of fact, you'll have more normal average days in your life than you will have convention days. So God wants you to pull off of this parking lot, load it up yourself with your portion of dynamite. Brother Andrew may have a car load. Brother Tim a truck load. I may have a wheelbarrow. But God knows what you need. And God will give to you what you need. Your portion in order to keep your life open in the presence of God. Can we have a few more minutes? in 1 Corinthians 4.20 for the kingdom of God is not glory is not in word but in dynamite to us do we believe in word of course we do but living the word itself the devil can quote it 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the dynamite may be of God and not of us. Praise be to God. 
that the excellency God keeps us continually. He wants us to constantly recognize we cannot do this. It must be him. Have you ever been to a spot before that you didn't know what to do? And in your own human thinking, I don't know what else to do. And all of a sudden, something comes on the scene and moves for you. Maybe your pastor wasn't nowhere around. The preacher wasn't nowhere around. It was your little stick of dynamite. I'll tell you the way Brother Andrew was going on this morning. It looked like to me he had about a four-foot cylinder loaded up with dynamite. Now, some of you all, because of who you are and your position in Christ... Your dynamite may not be no bigger than that. Now, before I came over here a while ago, my wife and I stand over here in the RV park, and I heard a big pew. Well, whenever I heard that pew, my power went off in the RV, which means I had no current, no power. Now, it's got an inverter built in it, so I push the green button, and what the inverter does is take 12 volts out of the, the house batteries, and it's able to convert it to 110, which is really good for a short revival. So I can have a little bit of 110 to run the refrigerator and this and that until the power is drained out of the batteries, and then you go, run, 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 run. We don't want camp meeting cramps. We don't want it when you're gone from this place in a week's time. You go back to your church or in a month's time and you're as cold as you was before and you're backslid and your pastor says, what happened to you? You come from Louisiana all fired up and now look at you. We don't want camp meeting cramps. We want you to be able to leave here revived in your soul. Amen. And if you don't have a pack of dynamite, we hope right here tonight God comes down and gives you your own personal stick. Notice 2 Corinthians 13, 4. Though he was crucified through weakness... Yet he liveth by the dynamite of God, the Lord Jesus. If he needs it, I know I do. For we also are weak in him, but shall live with him by the dynamite of God towards you. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the dunamis that worketh in us. The power to heal you is in you tonight. The power to encourage you is in you tonight. Can't you see why meetings like this are so explosive? You've got one stick and another stick and another stick and another stick. And guess what? The pillar of fire shows up and he goes to light and them sticks are dying. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. We ought to put up signs out here. Danger, high explosives. Danger. Oh, glory to God. Danger, devil. Use with the Holy Ghost with packs of dynamite. There's so much anointing in here. I'll believe these sisters could preach now. <laughs> Notice in First Thessalonians, for our gospel came not unto you. In word only. But also in dynamite. Now that was the way the church ages began. God started his church the way he wanted it. He will end his church the way he started it. It was the proper way. That was the alpha bride. This is the omega bride. It started out with word, but not only word, but in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Second Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of Oh, hallelujah. 
But the devil is a fake. He is a liar. And he is a bluff. Oh man, he will try to convince you that he's got all this power and he can do this and that and the other and he will wrap himself up to look like a gigantic load of dynamite. And you're looking at your stick. And you're looking at him. He looks like an A-bomb. He looks like an H-bomb. That ain't real. He has no dynamite. But he convinces you he does. Second Timothy chapter 1. Notice chapter 3, rather verse 1. This know also, in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the dynamite. The only thing that can deliver us from the above conditions is the power of God. And then Satan convinces people they can go join a church somewhere and sit on a church pew and get a religious spirit. I hate to say it, but the same thing is happening right around the message. Or oh, do you believe God said a prophet? Yeah, I believe God said, well, you got the Holy Ghost. The devil believes the same thing. It ain't enough to believe God sent a prophet. It ain't enough to stand and quote Brother Branham. You've got to be licked by the same baptism of the Holy Ghost. much power that our bodies will be changed. You imagine we need not just power that will make us all ecstatic. We love this, don't we? I love feeling this. But I need so much power and you need so much power that one day when it sweeps over us our bodies will be transformed. In a moment. We don't need horse and buggy power. Get up. Get up. Good girl. Good girl. Can you imagine y'all heading down Interstate 10 or 20, whichever way it is you're going home, up 165 north and taking 20 across from Monroe? You pull into a loves or you pull into a pilot and there's an Amish man with his horse and buggy. He's got his horse's mouth open and he's got this high octane fuel. All of you grab out your smartphone and you start videoing, snapping. You'll never believe what I saw today. It'll be all over the world in a matter of minutes. This, this whole horse will go... What it'll do to the horse. It'll kill him. Why? Because you're putting the wrong kind of power in the wrong vessel. <laughs> Jesus said you can't pour this new wine into them old bottles. Brother, you might have excusia, but we don't want just excusia. We want dynamite. We want dunamis, but we've got to be a new creation. So you stand there in amazement as they're trying to put the Holy Ghost in the Lutheran church. I mean put gas in this horse. Somebody else pulls up on the other side of that Amish guy. They've got an Acura. They've got whatever more. They open up their tank. They put it in and boom, they buzz right out. But we're not in the horse and buggy day. Neither are we in the automobile age. 
but we're in the astronaut. <laughs> Glory be to God. You can't take us to a BP truck stop and fill us up. You can't take us to a Benny Hinn truck stop. You can't take us to a TBN truck stop. You can't drop us off at the Smiley Preacher's Church down in Texas and expect us to be filled up. We've got to come to places like this for rocket fuel. We're not here for the days of Pentecost. We're here for the countdown of God going into us. God bless you. Hallelujah. You ready for the countdown? Amen. You ready for the power? And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This promise is to you and to your children and to them that are far off any, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I believe he's calling here tonight. Amen. Let the musicians come please and let's prepare our hearts right now. Amen. God bless you. Oh, what a wonderful word of God tonight. Amen. How many wants to be endued? To be clothed upon. To be filled. Amen. To be kept off with the Holy Ghost. It's His promise. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost more than what you wanted. Amen. He's here to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. We just happen to be in the day and the time where He's just emptying the bottle. The whole fullness right into a church right here in the end time. You're living in the greatest age that there's ever been to receive the Holy Ghost. This is the greatest age there's ever been because this is the time he just empties it all out. Amen. What he's reserved from all the ages and he's emptying out right into this time right into men and women just like you are tonight to endure you with the power for the rapture. What a promise that is. What a promise that is. Amen. God bless you.